This diary belongs to Nikki J. Maxwell. Private and confidential. If found, please return to me for reward. No snooping allowed. Rachel Renee Russell presents the Dork Diaries Podcast. Brought to you by Simon & Schuster Audio. Episode 11. Sunday, September 29th. I'm starting to get really excited because the avant-garde art competition is only eight days away. I decided to enter my watercolor painting that took me two whole summers at art camp to complete. I spent more than 130 hours on it. The only complication is that I gave it to my mom and dad last spring for their 16th wedding anniversary, so it's technically not mine anymore. It was either my painting or spending my entire life savings of $109.21 to buy them dinner at a fancy restaurant. But I knew the dinner was going to be a total ripoff because I watched the Food Network. All of those five-star restaurants serve really gross stuff like frog legs and snails, and then give you a tiny portion on a really big plate with chocolate syrup drizzled over it and a garnish. And garnish is just a fancy name for a plain old piece of parsley. So, to save money, Brianna and I decided to cook a romantic candlelit dinner for Mom and Dad as an anniversary surprise. We took a big bucket and a net to the pond at the park and hunted down some fresh frog legs and snails. Here, froggy, froggy. Nice, froggy. It was my brilliant idea to make it an all-you-can-eat buffet, since we were basically getting the food for free. Trying to prepare a gourmet dinner was definitely a lot harder than I thought it would be. The frogs kept jumping out of the bowl, and the snails wouldn't stay on the plate. Unfortunately, none of those shows on the Food Network explained how to control all the critters while you're trying to cook them. And Brianna was no help whatsoever. Come here, little froggy. She was supposed to be my assistant, but she kept swiping the frogs and kissing them to see if they'd turn into princes. I scolded her really good about that because she had no idea where those frogs' lips had been. Brianna, that's gross. Not surprisingly, Brianna threw a big hissy fit when it came time to put the food in the oven. They're my friends. And friends don't cook friends. I had to admit, she did have a good point. So we decided to take Mom and Dad's anniversary dinner back to the pond and let them go. I guess you could say they were really lucky. They, meaning the frogs and snails, not Mom and Dad. Since our dinner plans fell through, and I didn't want to part with my life savings, I stuck a big red Christmas bow on my watercolor painting and used that as a gift instead. Mom and Dad must have really loved it, because they paid a ton of money to have it professionally matted and put into an expensive antique frame. 
Then they hung it in our living room, right over the couch. Even though it's now a priceless family heirloom with tremendous sentimental value, Mom said I could borrow it for the avant-garde art competition as long as I took really good care of it. I was like, Mom, don't worry. I'll be super careful with your painting. I promise. Because honestly, like, what could happen? Monday, September 30th. I couldn't believe that Mackenzie actually came to school on crutches today. She even stuck little heart stickers on them so that they matched her new designer purse. Only someone as vain as Mackenzie would try to look cute while hobbling around on crutches. She didn't have a cast on her leg or anything. Just a Hello Kitty band-aid below her left knee. How fake is that? According to the latest gossip, Mackenzie was taking scuba diving lessons on Saturday from this really cute ninth grader when she ruptured her shin while saving him from drowning. She supposedly did mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on him until the ambulance arrived. And since the poor guy's dying wish was for her to escort him to the hospital, she was forced to cancel her birthday party. So she rescheduled it for Saturday, October 12th at her parents' country club. I was like, yeah, right. Mackenzie is such a liar and a drama queen. Why couldn't she just tell the truth and admit her party was canceled because her house was infested with bugs and stank from bug spray? Anyway, today I could hardly wait for lunch. Chloe and Zoe were even more excited than I was. We sat at our usual table and snarfed down our lunch as fast as we could. Then I rolled up Zoe's sleeve, took out my lucky pen, and got started on her tattoo. She kept giggling and squirming and complaining that it tickled, so I said, Listen, Zoe, shut up and sit still, or I'm going to turn any stray ink marks into ugly baby snakes. Lucky for her, she stopped moving after that. Practically everyone in the cafeteria was staring at us, but I ignored them and kept right on working. Zoe's tattoo turned out really cool. I'd drawn a picture of a girl holding a book on a skateboard with the caption, Reading is an extreme sport. I was just getting started on Chloe's tattoo when the weirdest thing happened. Jason Feldman got up, left the CCP table, and sat down at our table to watch. He's just the most popular guy in the entire school and president of student council. On the cuteness scale, I would say he is a 9.93 out of 10. You're doing a tattoo with a pen? Cool. It looks so real. I should know because my brother just got one for his 18th birthday. Chloe explained, It's our special LSA project for National Library Week. She batted her eyelashes at him, all flirty-like. Zoe added, Yeah, and all the latest fashion magazines say tattoos are hot. She plastered a big, fat, cheesy smile on her face. Those two were acting so phony baloney, it was sickening. I thought I was going to puke up my lunch right in Jason's lap.
So what do I have to do to get one? Donate a book or something? Do you have a sign-up sheet? Chloe and Zoe's faces lit up at the same time, and I could see the little light bulbs click on in their brains. I just sighed and rolled my eyes. First, it was the tattoo thing, then ballet of the zombies, and then running away to live in the secret underground tunnels at the NYC Public Library. I didn't know if I could put up with much more of this drama. Chloe fluttered her eyelashes at Jason again. Well, Nikki is art director. I'm overseeing book procurement, and Zoe here handles scheduling. Zoe, would you please give Jason our sign-up sheet? Zoe looked confused. Um, what sign-up sheet? Chloe winked at her and said really loudly. You know, the sign-up sheet in your notebook, silly. Finally, Zoe caught on. Oh, that sign-up sheet, of course. She gazed at Jason and giggled nervously. Zoe whipped out her notebook, tore out a sheet of paper, scribbled tattoo sign-up sheet across the top, and handed it to Chloe. Chloe added the words book donation required, new or used, in big, bold letters and gave it to Jason. I was shocked and appalled to see Chloe and Zoe lying like that. I always felt honesty was a very important quality in a friend. Jason wrote his name on the sign-up sheet and then yelled to his lunch table on the other side of the cafeteria. Hey, Crenshaw! Get Thompson and come check this out! Ryan Crenshaw is a 9.86 and Matt Thompson is a 9.98. They both came over and sat down at our table, right next to Jason. Then the three of them started laughing and talking to me, Chloe, and Zoe like we were CCP girls or something. That's when I decided that, although an honest friend is nice, and I can hook you up with really cute guys, friend is far better. And besides, Chloe and Zoe weren't actually lying. They were just over-embellishing some fabricated truths. Even though I was enjoying all of the unexpected attention, there was an incessant gnawing deep down inside my gut that had me really worried. Why were the three most popular CCP guys suddenly sitting at a lunch table flirting with Chloe, Zoe, and me, the three biggest dorks in the school? And what exactly did they want from us? Then I had to force myself to ponder the most intriguing and troubling question of all. Was my lucky pen going to melt from all of the CCP guy hotness? Within minutes, seven more guys had crashed our table and were passing around the sign-up sheet and boasting about how wicked their tat was going to be. I finally finished up Chloe's tattoo, a fairy with wings popping up out of an open book, with the caption, Reading is magical. Chloe said, Thanks, Nikki. It's perfect. Jason rolled up his sleeve and took Chloe's place. Hey, listen up. Mine is going to say, Gamer for life. All of the guys started slapping him on the back and giving him high fives and fist bumps. He was acting all smug, like he was getting a new sports car or something. Then, a large crowd of girls 
gathered around the large crowd of guys to watch me work on Jason's tattoo. Isn't she the new girl? I think her locker is right next to Mackenzie's. She's like the best artist in the entire school. Hey, I want to sign up. Give me the sheet next. What's her name? Mickey, Ricky, or Vicky, I think. Whatever her name is, the girl's got skills. I'm so jealous. I can't draw a stick figure. She's in my French class. Her name is Nikki Maxwell. I'd love to draw on Jason Feldman. He's hot. OMG, I'd give anything to be Nikki Maxwell. I was starting to feel like a pop star. The only CCPs not at our table were Mackenzie and her little group. They were glaring at us from across the cafeteria. By the end of lunch period, I had completed seven tattoos. Chloe had collected nine books, and Zoe had scheduled 11 people to get tattoos tomorrow at lunch. We decided to call our new LSA project Ink Exchange, Trade a Book for a Tattoo. By the end of the day, the entire school was buzzing about us. Mrs. Peach said collecting books for charity was a wonderful idea, and she was really proud of us. Brandon even congratulated me and said he wanted to interview me for the school newspaper on Friday since I was breaking news. He said he planned to photograph students showing off their new tattoos for the article. Now, I can hardly wait for Friday to get here. There's a chance we might actually become good friends. But the absolute most mind-blowing thing about all of this is that Chloe, Zoe, and I started the school day as LSA dorks and ended it as CCP divas. How cool is that? Hi, this is Nikki. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll come back soon for the next installment in the Dork Diaries Tales from a Not-So-Fabulous Life podcast. And don't forget, the entire Dork Diaries series is available right now, wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Read or listen to them today.